0: welcome to the expansive ceo podcast i'm your host hannah chapman founder of expansive ceo and x squared wealth planning buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman. And today, my guest is Josh Elledge. And I was on his podcast not too long ago. Um, Super cool, fun to do. And if you want to catch that episode, we can probably link that in the the, uh, show notes as well. But Josh... I would love for you to tell the audience about what you do at Up My Influence and how you really support entrepreneurs. And let's go ahead and kick it off.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, Up My Influence isn't my first go around. Um, I've, uh, you know, again, serial entrepreneur for decades. And, you know, I stepped into this role of of serving audiences long ago. I was a uh, journalist in the United States Navy, and I actually got to learn from Adrian Cronauer, uh, who was a guest lecturer. But, you know, that moment that that I got to learn from him really just completely changed my life on what I knew my role was. And that is, you know, is serving audiences in Whatever way that I can, and and I take that responsibility with great honor, as does Adrian Cronauer. Adrian Cronauer, by the way, just in case you're like, uh, who's that? Um, so if you're familiar with the movie Good Morning Vietnam, uh, where Robin Williams portrays a Vietnam War era DJ, who of course, in Robin Williams' uh, spirit and style, uh, that uh, that's that is Adrian Croner. That's the, the the real Adrian Cronauer that that he's portraying, um, and so. You know what i learned from adrian um was that staff sergeant adrian staff sergeant cronauer is that you know at all times you know we should serve in integrity and honesty right and you never try to you know pull one over on people you never you know you always just operate with complete forthrightness and that is the best act to take um it's one that ultimately kind of vindicated him if you know his story so um you know for me um i after college so I was in the Navy then went to college and then I started a couple of jobs that weren't real great and I started a number of businesses and on my seventh business venture total in my life um that's the one that that went on to be a, a pretty solid seven figure a year company and that was savings angel and that company I grew because I had been in the media over 2500 times so I became a syndicated newspaper columnist I became a syndicated TV consumer expert um, syndicated radio and then you know podcaster and all that sort of thing and so I I just I used that um, to start, um, you know, again, just serving audiences, helping them. And of course, as a result with zero paid ads, um, we built that seven-figure-a-year company. So you fast forward a few years down the road, and I also am a believer that, you know, when you have success in something or when you, you know, you figure out a couple of things, man, open source that stuff, share that with other people. You, you don't, don't keep that stuff hidden for yourself. I mean, I think we all have a moral obligation to help one another. And so I was doing that in our local startup community. I was um, volunteering, um, serving on boards and um, doing some pro bono mentoring for veteran owned companies, for women owned companies, minority owned companies. And as a result, um, I started to build a lot of connections locally of other people are like, you know, you're kind of good at this. Um, can I hire you for that? And I so I unintentionally, or accidentally started uh, up my influence. I think back in 2014. And so now today, uh, what we've done is, Hannah, is so that we have launched over 200 podcasts and and i'll explain a little bit more about why we do that we're not necessarily a podcast consultancy but what we do is we build b2b business um with our clients so primarily in sales development and business development so uh the podcast just happens to be the ultimate networking tool and the ultimate enabler to connect and serve audiences in a way where you get to build a lot of fruitful relationships along the way.
0: Mm, Yes. So, so much there that I want to respond to and, and to like pull out. But that first part, what I, oh my gosh, even just, um, having the expansive CEO podcast for the last, you know, technically it's been one full year, um, as the expansive CEO podcast. And before that it was connection squared. Um, and it was a YouTube series. Um, uh, and then I, you know, turned it into a full on podcast, but being able to have like deep, meaningful conversations with people, absolutely my favorite thing, like truly being able to learn about someone and, like see them fully right allow them to be seen as well in this like mm-hmm. we get to um we get to feel like we're having a not not just feel like but we get to have a conversation a meaningful conversation and the way that i love to see it is it's like oh we just happen to be recording that and now other people get to benefit from this really you know really heartfelt conversation um that we're having and doing that, um, from this space of like, yeah, you get to build relationships, you get to have amazing conversations. And then, you know, that's, that's another way to organically and naturally expand your network. It's just, it's really beautiful. And so yeah, I appreciate, it's, it's appreciate all that.
1: It's all- I'll share some observations Um, So, um, to our friend that's listening right now. If you wanna search up my podcast, you can take a peek at it. Um, And that's called The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. As of when we're recording this, I've done um, getting close to 2000 episodes. And if um, I always wanna drive a lot of value for my guests, right? I have a pretty good audience. And so the more connections I can make for my guests to my audience, the better. But if I took out all of the immediate value that I got between me and the audience, and I completely removed that, Hannah, it would be the best use of my time on the planet. It's even better because I also have an audience that likes me as a result of it. Um, But again, primarily um, the most valuable thing for me, as you mentioned, is, is the actual connection with the guests. So when you're a host of a show, you have nearly complete control to design exactly who you want uh, on the other side. So I want you to think about that for a second because I think it's it's amazing how much work, uh, especially newer entrepreneurs, will do trying to drum up business. And in fact, they end up doing some pretty garbagey things. I don't know if that's the right term, but you know, they end up doing some yeah, pretty makes- scammy, spammy things because that's what some guru told you you were supposed to do in order to you in order for you to be able to do what you truly want to do and i just completely reject that notion because let me be a little bit more on the nose here. All right. So let's say you're a leadership consultant and that's, that is your zone of genius. You're good. Like that is what you are born to do. Okay. And then there was like, well, how can I get to do more than I, how do I get to do more of what I really, really love to do? Is it absolutely my zone of genius? Oh, well, I guess I got to go out and drum a business. Oh, well, how do I go drum up business? Right. And then all these gurus are out there promising easy, instant riches, sit on the beach. And, and it's 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 almost always just very low effort spray and pay, or you know, spray and yeah, pay through the nords. Uh spray and you know, spray and pray, right? Where you're just slamming people's DMs, you're slamming people in the emails, you're cold, you know, you just like you're low-key selling on your social media all the time. And and that just that comes across. I mean, I don't enjoy doing that. If you enjoy doing that and you're listening to our conversation, God bless you. Cause I don't like doing it. I feel icky doing that. I would much rather Hannah, um, you know, in, enjoy building my business in complete integrity with my values. And what that means for me is I tend to be pretty relationship oriented in how I grow and build my business. So, What I found before we really started activating our podcast as a tool to connect with anyone in the world that we wanted to, I found that I got most of our business for all my influence when, back when we were just doing uh, media consulting and PR, but I would get all my business at events, but not in the way you think. A lot of times, you know, it's like our dream is just to get on stage so we can be in front of that audience. So I've done lots of speaking. I've spoke for the Tony Robbins organization. I've, you know, spoken at Social Media Marketing World several times, you know, podcasting conferences, marketing conferences. And I do some business, you know, with members of the audience. But you want to know where I get most of my business? In the green room, mm. in the VIP lounge. That is where the conversations are just truly amazing it's 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 where leaders get to operate in what i like to call a whisper network it's not flashy it's not showy it's just quiet conversations between two leaders who start you know kind of figure out you know what do you do what do you do you know and then we just kind of show up in service to one another and so that's where i ended up getting my best clients was was in those sources. So that's what I wanted to replicate. I like, I just want to be able to do nice things with nice people and then explore relationships and then work with the willing. And that's exactly kind of now what Up My Influence does for our clients in the 200 plus podcasts that we've launched and our whole platform that we've
0: designed. Well, what you are pointing to, uh, it's just, we're so we're so deeply aligned here in this, this uh, particular space where, I being in the financial services industry spent so much time right being taught like actual sales training for my industry which was a lot of cold calling um a lot of keep calling people until they tell you to stop mm. um and you know even in the sales process when I would you know get people on the phone or um Mm, what was the other one fish bowling right so you put out a fish bowl and people put their business cards in and one of them quote unquote wins but really it's everyone Mm. um you know and so when you would get any prospect in the net it was like do everything you can not to let them back out of it and for me i that always felt so terrible Just There was so much ick, like you said, to that entire process, Um, and I didn't feel like I got to be me in any of it. And it truly, and I've written this several times um, in different places, that it felt like I was going through the icky sales part Mm. to get to the amazing relationship building part. And it wasn't really until I was able to shift that whole process of how I got to connect with clients um, that I started to heal my relationship with sales in general, right? Yeah. It always felt like, you know, I knew and heard all of the, you know, all, all of the um, wisdom that sales are the lifeblood of your business, right? Like it's it's where we need to um, prioritize time and attention, but at the same time, if it always feels bad if in your nervous system yeah. right you are constantly feeling um triggered because you're like Ugh, no one like no one wants this you're right no one wants that unsolicited dm we don't i no. don't no i'm not i don't even respond anymore and so no when, way. We, when we can get to that place of congruency i feel like that's what you're speaking to is like where can yes. you be congruent where can you be in integrity with how you are meeting people um, and really like then getting to build a relationship to then see if there is a connection where you might help them, they might help you, right? You might help each other in some way. That's where it starts to become easy, in integrity, in congruence, again, with who you are and how, how your work in the world actually, you know, actually helps people. Versus yes. seeing them as two separate processes: sales yes. then delivery.
1: We have the great pleasure of working with a lot of VPs of sales, a lot of growth directors, a lot of founders, uh, and you know, primarily we're working with SMB B two B, you know, founders, you know, folks at that category. And and what I can tell you, um, having had a lot of conversations with with folks in that role, is that traditional lead gen tactics just no longer work uh and to be generous maybe they no longer work like they used to to be very generous um but most of them will tell you it is just an act in futility and the types of folks that we end up getting are just very low quality and you know and and it's like and i get it like i don't respond to this if i don't enjoy it i don't want to be sold to that way it feels just icky like it just feels it just feels amateur so what the leaders know leaders who have really big networks they don't have to do that kind of stuff they've evolved from that but i want to share with you um Just a couple of little bit more reasons why traditional lead gen is just such an ineffective way to do business today. And that is simply um, there's a really good book um, by Mark Schaefer called Marketing Rebellion. And he talks about um, what's been going on in the marketplace. Right. And that is, is that, you know, when you have a population that has been experimented upon uh, for as long as we have, as um, you know, as harshly as we have. And what I'm talking about is we are bombarded with messages from marketers. Everywhere we turn, our feeds, our email boxes, our DMs, like everywhere we go, our mailboxes, we are no longer safe from being um, just incessantly bombarded by spammy, scammy marketers. And some of them, by the way, I should say, I don't want anyone to feel bad um, because I think we're all just doing the best that we can. And I think that, you know, some of us have just unfortunately bought into some bad advice that we're uncomfortable with. And the reason that there's that discomfort is that that's your inner guidance system or whatever, telling you, maybe try something different. So anyway, so what what ended up happening, right, is uh, you have consumers in the United States and everywhere else throughout the world, um, because we've been bombarded by all of this advertising messages. Well, what happens when you do that in a lab that you create a hyper-resistant um, organism, right? And so consumers, we're all consumers, just we're done with it. We don't, I don't check my own DMs on LinkedIn. I don't, I've got one private email account that I check once a day and I ruthlessly, uh, if anyone gets to that one, um, they just ruthlessly get marked as spam instantly. And then I've got many other that are a little bit more cust- uh, you know, that are a little bit more business facing. That I got, I have layers of team members who keep that stuff away from me. I'm too busy, right? And I think that any, you know, especially like if you're selling to anyone who's doing six figures and beyond in business, um, they've already got these same systems set up. Like they don't have, they don't have time to answer that kind of stuff. Um, So you just, you're going to have to switch your tactic, right? And you're going to have to, again, do business like high-level leaders do. And high-level leaders typically do so a little bit more thoughtfulness, a little bit more, you know, again, uh, just knowing who their people are and and showing up in generosity in order to earn those relationships.
0: Yeah. The other, the other thing that was coming up as you were sharing is that you're talking about utilizing a podcast as a tool, yeah, um, for that, I feel like the other the other side of that is that not only are you building a resource, right? you're you're getting to be, if you're thoughtful about it, you're getting to be a thought leader. You're also getting to share the stage, right, with someone else. And yes. so depending on, how you create your podcast and and the focus you put it on, you can you can have both, right? You can be and you can choose lots of different things. So I mean, I guess this episode is almost like the encouragement to if you've been thinking about starting a podcast, like give it a maybe. shot right? maybe. maybe yeah um, yeah I mean, yeah <laughs> but, it, but it's giving you it's giving you the chance to um, you know, get your thoughts out. Where they can actually be yeah. cataloged and act you know there's a there is a repository, and that people when they find you, um they can go back and listen, right? And they can start to get to know you. So one of the things I've noticed for myself again, um with this is that, you know, the typical um the typical thought that it takes seven to fifteen touches, right, to go from hold to buy right? Whatever, whatever that is, sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's 15, sometimes it's more at this point, like you're saying how, how resistant we are, that it's shifted, I think, over time with marketing. But when you have these resources that people can go back to, that they can see, oh, we, you know, she talked about this and she talked about that and she talked about this other thing and get to know you when you're open and vulnerable on your platforms, people can then, you know, almost sell themselves so that you're not actually having to explain everything about who you are and what you do. You'll still get some people in the door that don't know you. Maybe there were a referral from you know a great client you have. Um, you'll have to get to know them, but there there really is this way for people to start to get to know you if you let yourself be known and it and it does shorten the the sales you know cycle um, as it were, when you use it thoughtfully yeah
1: well i'll tell you um you know again thinking about um how most business is done today um you know especially again if you sell bigger ticket um listen you're just going to have to get good at building relationships. And for people who think that you can just sidestep that and you can automate big ticket sales, uh, good luck. That's not how it works. Um, and I hate to tell you that. And anyone who has convinced you otherwise um, is is selling you a boat worth of boat full of garbage. <laughs> because that's it's just like there is no way I am going to buy something, you know, on behalf of my business for more than a couple of thousand dollars uh, that certainly, you know, some sort of like recurring type service like that. I, I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to have at least a conversation or two, because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that this person gets me. It's not for me about the lowest bidder. It's not for me about, you know, kind of, you know, the, the, I, I want to make sure that if, if I'm hiring someone at that level of engagement, they better, like, we better, cl- we better click. Um, and cause that, that really matters to me. So Now, if the goal is to build human-to-human relationships because we have a bigger ticket offer on the back end, then that means you need to create an environment where that can happen, right? So, uh, you know, something that you were kind of talking about is really critical here. And that is relationships come from spending time together. Now, it gets even better when you spend quality time together, together and And It it gets even better when, and this is amazing, when you get two high-level leaders that are leading based upon their values, the things that they believe in, the things that they're passionate about, and they get to be in service together, and they get to be in their zone of genius together in service of something or someone else. You get two leaders in that kind of an environment and look out. It is just, it's, an, it's a platform and it's an environment that is just ripe for connection. So think about this again, getting back to why podcasts. And again, um, value from the audience, I, I consider to be gravy, quite honestly, because for me, the greatest pleasure is me gain, getting to spend and build a relationship with high-level leaders week after week after week after week after week. After week. So, you know, for me, I do about six to 10 interviews every single week. And that means six to 10 high level leaders. And I've been doing that for years and years and years and years and years. So you can imagine now what my personal network starts to look like. And I firmly believe Hannah, that for most of us, for most of us, if, let's say you're just like a local realtor, like let's use it as an example here. Let's say in your local market, you have been doing this now for some length of time. You've got some professional reputation. You've got some authority. You're good at what you do, right? Most of us are good at what we do, all right? But now add on to that, the fact that let's say in your local market, you have over 200 people, just say 200, right? When asked, who's a local realtor that you recommend? And any of those 200 would think of you, Hannah, I believe, that is game set match for us as business leaders and business owners that's what you want to get to you want to have such a strong whisper network that again in the quiet conversations where people are just talking privately one to one who do you know that does this right yeah. and you know i've got people i refer weekly Like I've got, your branding people I refer to. I've got consultants I refer to. You know, I love building relationships with people because then I get to refer them to other people. And I I refer a lot of business for folks um, because of my network, because I've spent so much time doing that. So if you're listening to my conversation and now you're afraid because you're like, oh, I don't really have a network. Well, Hannah, it's like, if you wanted to learn a skill like, oh, I don't know, ceramics or something like that. (laughs) Yes, when you first get into the lab, right? Yes, you're not going to be very good at it, right? You have to learn a new skill. So Rome wasn't built in day. We're going to build this brick by brick. But the best time to have planted a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. You have to start today, right? And so, um, you know, again, what I want you to do, and I think about, you know, in your business is how can I, follow, and here's another book recommendation, a go-giver approach to build authentic relationships with the kind of people that, that would be, if I had a meaningful relationship with them, that would be really good for my business. I'm not talking about amateur tire kickers that are trying to slap a business card in your hand and they're like not that caliber of person. God bless them. But what I'm talking about is, you know who is your ideal customer avatar? Who is your ideal partner partner? profile, like, what are they doing? What's going on in their life? Um, and I'm not talking about unicorn hunting, right? So if you're building a dream 100 list, and you're putting like, you know, the top 100 most influential people on the planet, stop. <laughs> I'm not, don't do that, right? That's unicorn hunting. And that's what everybody with big dealitis who has big stars in their eyes. That's what they want to do. What you want to do is if you're in your industry, like you're a solid four right? And that's, that's amazing. Like if you're a solid four in your industry, what you want to do is you want to find the fives and the sixes, and that's where you want to spend all your time. Now, your authority through association is then naturally going to gravitate you eventually to a five. And then what does that mean? Now you get to start hanging out with sixes and sevens. How as a five, by the way, let me ask you about this. How is a five, able to hang out with sixes and sevens because we all know in this principle of law of association. So we're always trying to maybe network up just a little bit, right? Because that's generally going to move us in that direction. So in, and I've been talking about this um, and I bet our listener knows what I'm going to say. How do you get to punch up a couple of levels? It's generosity. Mm -hmm. Because the other person is a little bit higher perceived authority than you, you're going to have to lead in generosity. You're going to have to do something nice for them. And I'm not talking about jab, 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 right hook. I'm just talking about give, 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 give. And we'll see. We'll see where the relationship goes. Because here's what I've learned is that um, when you act in earnest and you truly are valuable, now I'm not just talking about your give, like what you do is actually very valuable too. Okay. Um, You won't be able to outgive the market. Like if, if you're just talented and very good at what you do and you stay in your lane and you're the one of the best, you know, in your industry at a very particular you know, kind of zone a genius, you know, with a very particular population. Okay. So you want to build a lot of friends so they can become aware of your superpowers. Your goal is not to get your guest to buy your thing, right? In fact, if you do that with that intention, people are going to not like you. Like it's going to go real bad for you. So instead where you want to move them to, if, you know, again, when we're thinking about our intention is if I could hear the words, oh, good, now I have a friend who does what you do. That's what you want. You want 200 people who say, oh, good, now I have a friend who does what you do. And if you can get to that point, again, Hannah, game, set, match in business today, particularly
0: in B2B. Oh, that's such, that's the important point, right? Is that you are not trying to sell to the, you don't get someone, there's not a bait and switch happening. Right. I think we're, so, do we're so, right. We're like so on guard about that. You know, like the minute yeah. you smell the bait and switch, you're like, oh man. I'm, yeah. no, I'm no, done. no, no. Oh my
1: God. If you do that, people will hate you because here's the thing too. Um, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, if I could just say this one yeah, thing, um, ahead. cause what you're talking about is so cr- so critical that you get this right. Okay. Here's what I know to be true. You broadcast your intention, all of us, personally, our friend that's listening to us right now, we know what you want. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what you want. There's no fooling anybody. Why? Because as a population, because we've been been bombarded, we've been through the ringers already from marketers. We know what you want. Like you broadcast your intentions, like before you even speak based on what your whole world, your copy, you cannot divorce your tone and your energy. We all have poker tells a mile wide, no mile tall. Right. It's so easy to see. So you're not fooling anybody. So if your heart is not in the right place and you're so desperately trying to make a sale that you can't get out of your own way, well, you people are going to know that right out of the gate. So again, it gets it, it gets easier if you just keep your focus on, I am just really looking to build my network. And, you know, again, just find out who does what. And then now that you build a relationship with someone, and let's say you know someone is just like a brilliant leadership consultant or something like, but you don't need leadership consulting, but you're gonna come in contact with other people that might. Now, if you can help make that connection, again, this is this power of this whisper network. And and to the uninitiated, this might sound inefficient. Oh, I promise you it gets really good about mm, say six to eight months into this process. You're right, initially you're like, well, I feel like I should be having sales conversations, right, okay, now here's the thing too you may have sales conversations with these people that you invite into your world. In fact, um, you know, of, of the podcast that we launch, we typically look for, I mean, we look for conversions about 15 to 25% of the time for that particular guest on our client's big ticket offer. So it is possible it can happen. And in fact, when I say possible, well, let's just do the math on that. If you're closing say 20%, you know, and and it leads to a direct sale somehow, right? So 20% of everyone that you're leading in generosity spend time with ends up doing business with you. All you have to do is just trust the process. So if someone says no, okay, cool. That's I, I don't care. Like like or there's not an immediate path forward for you and this other person, that is totally fine, right? Now, here's what I do see though is that While 20% on average will end up engaging on our client's direct service because, again, we're being very, very thoughtful about who we invite to be guests on our podcast. We create editorial justification to make sure that only the best of the best of the best come in, right? You want to be insanely focused on who your customer avatar is and design the perfect show that's going to be insanely attractive for them to want to appear on. You're truly going to do them a solid. You are absolutely going to celebrate them in every sense of the word, regardless of outcome. We serve everyone equally, right? But then at the conclusion of the podcast, you'd simply like it's like I'm, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm monopolizing the conversation, Hannah. Let me just say uh, this one final point here. Um, imagine this, right? Because it is all we're talking this same dynamic. Let's say you go to an event and you're invited to speak on a panel, right? And You do that thing, you engage in that service, you're serving an audience, and you've got some other co-panelists. Like anyone who's been in this environment, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? So then you do the active service together with your co-panelists, and then afterwards you're like, hey, I really liked what you guys, what you said there, and like, it's tell me more about what you guys do. Oh, that's cool. Hey, I don't know what your schedule is, but, maybe we should grab coffee or something like that. I'd love to learn more. I don't know if there's something we should be doing together, right? Or just like, hey, if we're too busy or whatever, let's grab some time on Zoom in the next couple of weeks or so. That's it. That's all we do. And that, Hannah, is enough to keep all of us filled with all of the business that we want to do. Because again, we're just creating lots and lots of opportunities by doing business like true leaders do.
0: hmm Yes, creating value, giving value first. I love um that the recommendation for a go giver, right? So put that in the show notes as well. Yes. Um it'll such, change your life. If you truly
1: follow that book, absolutely will change your life.
0: Yeah. The other one that came to mind as you were talking about like we like if you come to the table with a certain intention, like just assume that everybody knows it, that. Um, I recently read "Letting Go" by David Hawkins, and exact same, right? Like that—that that was one of the points that he makes in the book is just you know just assume and pretend that everyone can hear your thoughts and feel your feelings Ooh, because that. because energetically we can, even if we don't understand. Like, uh, if someone is in the room with you and they. You know, like, oh, like it got really tense in there or the vibe was off or, you know, whatever those, we receive those messages with our, all of our senses. And we know, we know when someone, we know when someone is trying to sell to us when that's not what we expected, right? Oh, how, totally. do you, how do you know that? It's your, your own sensitivity, right? As a human. And so just, if we assume that the other person yes. can read our intentions, then you'll start like bringing more, (laughs) again, integrous intentions to the table. And here's the thing too, um, you
1: could get something completely better. So when I talked about 20% of the whole will likely engage on our client's big ticket offers, then you have an additional 30 to 40% that are going to engage in new other ways that you haven't even thought about, right? So you have to be open to, hey, this would be great, Um, I know that generally about 20% of the friends I work with and get to know what my superpowers are, are interested in potentially working together, right? But then there's just like, when I just get networking with other high-level leaders who are like at this level and doing this kind of thing, I mean, there's other stuff. Leaders generally have a lot of things going on. And because we have so many things going on, there are so many different ways to line up and integrate and do good stuff. So at the same time that, yeah, I'm always open to concierge clients. I'm also open to partners. I'm open to, I buy a lot of my guest books, um, you know, I, cause I'm interested in the topic. And then of course, you know, I, as a podcaster, I get free therapy because I get to, I get to ask questions. Uh, I think I asked you some pretty personal questions like, oh, Hannah, so I I've got this friend and this friend was right. So, um, like, so there's so many benefits now here's a sad reality too. And I want to, I want to point this out. Um, just because, uh, to our, I, I want to just kind of put a word of caution out there to our friend. That's thinking about, Ooh, okay. So starting a podcast will make all my dreams come true. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe, right? Maybe. Because again, we've already talked about the warnings. Like you have to be relationship oriented. You have to have your proper intention, that sort of thing. Okay. But also too, it can be some work to do a podcast. And um, there are a lot of pieces now technology today, especially the AI tools have made it a lot easier than when I started podcasting back in 2007, I was hand coding my own RSS feeds, you know, in a text document, uploading them, you know, I had, I was paying like, you know, $400, $500 a month for a server and putting my MP3 files up there uh, and got that listed in, uh, you know, Apple podcasts or iTunes at the time. It's so much easier today, but that's is if you are expecting to get a ton of value from this audience that's just magically going to appear, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's gonna be a grind. It's cause you probably will be a little bit disappointed by your initial numbers, unless you already have a decent social media audience or a decent email list, right? Anytime you're building a crowd from scratch, it's going to take some time, right? Just like when we start, so the goal is starting a podcast is not to have to keep extending invitations. The goal of the podcast is, you know, in the way that I'm talking about and, and you know, over at my, by the way, over at my website, I go through and I kind of explain this stuff very, very tactically. And I break down kind of like the hows and the whys and some of the, you know, some of the things that we've learned, uh, you know, over doing this so many times. Um, but um, again, um, y- you want to set this up so that um, like, again, value you get from the audience would be gravy, right? So because it is most podcasters, and when I say most, it's north of 90% of independent podcasters, Hannah never make it to episode 20. So, and the reason why is because they put all of their hopes and dreams out of the value that they are going to get out of this audience that's magically going to appear. The audience doesn't appear right away. It just, it really doesn't. There's so many shows. There's so much content out there that it really is um, challenging to get. People's attention, so you have to build a business and revenue model that is independent of how long it might take for you to assemble that audience.
0: Yes, and so I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. You here, got it. <laughs> this is this is episode eighty one. Uh, that is saying if, something. You know, I- that is rare air, my friend. <laughs> Right. And to your point, I could not have done it without the help of my executive assistant. She's the one who Mm. pulls everything together. I was doing it all on my own for a while. Um, And when I had, I think I had like five episodes backed up back in the teens. I was like, I can't do all of this. I really need help. And to be able to like, all I have to do is show up and record and have these wonderful conversations. And then she takes the ball from there and does all of the production, all of the, all of the posting cuts things up into reels and puts them on social media. Like all of that, that, that brings the audience in is important. And when, again, when you are a leader, when you are, you know, I mean, I've got Exactly. To your point, X squared wealth planning. I've got expansive CEO. I've got expansive visionaries collective. I've got a lot of, I've got three kids and a husband and you know, there's lots of stuff going on in my life. And so to be able to, you know, continue this platform in the way that I have, I I had to have support and help there. Um, and it was really, really important and that's what makes it work.
1: And it's not just production. Production is one piece of it, hosting, you know, your show notes, your audio and all that other stuff. Like that's one piece of it. I think the one that they don't really tell you about that I learned that ended up being like, it's just taking all my time is guest management. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening initially is when you launch a podcast, you have to work really hard to kind of get the momentum going, right? You got you got both oars in the water and you got to get out to the current. Okay. Well, once your show takes off, right? You, you'll be in the current, all right? You, chances are you're going to be in the whitewater current. And so at that point, then then it's like you're getting all of these applications are coming from you know, all these VAs and these PR agencies and podcast guest agencies. This is all a very good thing, right? But if you don't have a really excellent guest management system, I mean, again, you've now created three full-time jobs for yourself uh, or at least three part-time jobs in your, you know, for yourself. So all of these things, you, you, uh, you know, you really just have to kind of think in advance. I mean, that's, uh, you know, just be sound a little self-serving, but that's kind of what we do. We build all these systems. So you could just kind of step into it and we've already pre built everything for you. So you don't have to worry about all of that. Um, uh, Cause yeah, what, what I want, I think Hannah, my vision for podcasters is I want to be able to increase I I want to help more podcasters stay podcasters um, because if you enjoy it, but you're just not getting any immediate rewards and it's a lot of work, well, then you're going to be in and out. And I think there's a lot of well-meaning podcast coaches out there um, that maybe aren't well, I mean, they they spend a lot of time on tactics and like how to record and how to record the bet. Like that's all well and good, but I would much rather you just get going and just do it, have fun and just keep, design this in a way to make it easy for yourself so you can enjoy the process. And, you know, what are some ways that we could guarantee um, positive outcomes. And and if we lean on the one guarantee we have, and that is if we're going to do an interview show and you have another guest with you right there, it's like, well, these are two high level leaders. Let's figure out how we can help one another. And we truly start to create this one plus one equals 11 kind of thing, rather than just, you know, just us hanging out, doing our stuff by ourselves. Because again, when you have a big network, game, set, match, that's what we're after. And so again, we're just going to build this one brick at a time. Listen, you're going to fast forward down the road, eventually you'll have 180 some episodes yourself. And most importantly, you now have 180 friends. If you've done all of those as interview style podcasts, which kind of make the job a little bit easier for you. Like if you're listening to our conversation right now, uh, Hannah, there's probably Some people are thinking this guy, Josh talks a lot, man. And, and Hannah's like, yeah, it's pretty easy job for me. I just have to pull his string and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's most guests are pretty good at that. Like they know their stuff pretty well. So you just kind of have to, you know, team up. You you show up to an interview with some cards, you know, some questions on an index card and pretty much most guests, you know, it's not, it's not too hard to get them going.
0: Yeah, very true. It's very true. And so Josh, I would love for you to, I know you've got some new stuff coming up. Um, So as it's, you know, perfect time to kind of wrap up from here, where can people get to know you a little bit more? Um, And then what's, yeah, tell us about what's dropping soon, what you've got coming up.
1: Yeah, so, you know, as of when we're recording this, uh, I have been, so we've been working with concierge clients for the past five years. Like we love it, we're very good at it it's not affordable for everybody. It's just, it's more of a higher ticket type engagement. Um, But, you know, we've built these systems, right? And so in March, 2014, like as of when 2024, like as of when we're recording this, um, like we're going into private beta, I think at the end of this week, Uh, I share that in that We will have a solution. It's called our podcast leader network. Um, One of our core values at My Influence is democratization, and that's been one of those that you know it's like a give and serve to everybody equally with no. You know, just I'd I give and serve, and I teach people how to do this stuff, like on on platforms. But I haven't had any solutions for them, unless you got, you know, again, you've got a budget of three to four thousand dollars a month to spend to to work with us. Um, So I'm really excited that you know we're we're in the process of launching where you can have our entire platform and system, and it's a tiny fraction of what we used to charge um, for our concierge clients. If Maybe you have don't have as much budget, but you have a little bit more kind of fortitude to kind of self implement with our support coaching and, and everything. Um, then then um I, I would go kind of get I would get on our wait list. um, and so you could do that uh, by going to our website, um and that is up my influence. Now, while you're there, you can also watch, like I've got a webinar and I've got, you know, like I'll teach you all this stuff. Like I've got articles that break all this stuff down as well. Um, But if you just keep clicking around at that website, um, you're going to find, I'm going to teach you everything. (laughs) So um, yeah, definitely take a look at that. And then, you know, like I said, you know, should it make sense? We'll give away 14 day free trials too. If you want to just take the platform for a spin and see, you know, if that resonates with you. Like if, here's the thing, like if what I've been talking about in emotionally resonates with you, then you are going to soon find your people because everyone we work with very relationship oriented, very good at what they do. Uh, but very consultative and, um, you know, again, kind of not afraid to lead in collaboration. So if that kind of excites you to elevate your network, uh, come hang out with us because um, like I said, these are your people. We we, we are looking for other folks like us. Uh, we can all kind of help one another um, rise faster and not again, have to do any of the awful spammy, uncomfortable
0: stuff out there. Mm. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being here on Expansive CEO podcast. Um, You are such a wonderful, amazing host. And now I know you're an amazing guest as well. Um, So I just really appreciate it. And if anyone has any questions, all of that information will be in the show notes that you can go check it out at upmyinfluence.com. And As I always say, if you have any questions that you want me to answer on the podcast or any follow-ups you want to hear, any guests that you want us to have back on, let me know. You can get me at hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com. So until next time, we'll see you again. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough. You are enough. And your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive.